You have reached Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey, a ministry and podcast of the Discover Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. We meet at 945 on Sunday mornings, and we have small groups all throughout the week. We are located at Preston Road and Highway 635 in North Dallas. My name is Jacob Hawk. I'm the Young Adults Minister and the host of this podcast. It doesn't matter if you are single, dating, if you want to be dating, if you're married, if you want to be married, or if you're divorced, or if you're trying to figure out at what stage of life you are passing through. At the Discover Young Adults Ministry, we want to help you discover life, discover love, and discover the Lord. If I can help you or serve you in any way, or if I can pray for you, please email me at jacob at pressandcrest.org. Well, I want to welcome you back today to Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey. My name is Jacob Hawk, the host of this podcast, also one of the ministers here at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. I hope that you're having a great week, and if this is your first time to uh, tune in to Road Road Talk, we are right now in a series called Bumper Sticker Theology, where we are looking and thinking about many of the statements we hear in the religious world that just aren't true. They sound right. They sound real. They sound like it would be something that maybe Jesus or one of the apostles said, but it's just not in there. And it's really dangerous to believe these things because at their core, they lead us away from the will and the truth of God. Now, today is beginning our second year of broadcasting this podcast. We have now completed, oh, I guess this is the 54th episode or maybe episode 53. I'm losing count. But if this podcast has blessed you in one way or another, I would ask if you would do me a favor to please leave a review and rate this podcast that will help get the podcast On the charts where more people will hear it, if you believe it needs to be out there, uh, we would appreciate that very much. And as always, if you have not subscribed, go ahead and subscribe and please share it either on social media or by word of mouth with those that you think would benefit from this ministry as well. Well, I want you to picture in your mind a few different scenarios. What about a doctor who exits the double doors of labor and delivery in the hospital? He meets the father and the grandparents and the friends and the relatives waiting to hear in the waiting room that new life has arrived. But with a somber look on his face, the doctor says, I'm sorry. There were some complications. The baby didn't make it. And the tears, they just fall to the floor. Or think about a father who works every day for his young family, eight to five and overtime when needed, just to pay the bills, saving when he can, doing his best to provide. But on Friday afternoon at 4.55, so that the boss doesn't have to have much conversation, the boss calls him into his office and says, I'm sorry, but your numbers were down last quarter. We're going to have to let you go. 
Or a young mother is in her prime. She's raising three wonderful children. She's involved in her children's lives. She's involved at the local church. But then one day she notices that something just isn't right. And so she goes to the doctor. They run some tests and she's told, you have cancer and you only have a few months to live. You know, in all of these tragedies and in all of these situations and scenarios that I've mentioned, good-intentioned Christians will often step up to the plate with what they think are comforting words, and they will say something like this, God will never give you more than you can handle. (laughs) Yeah, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Man, I wish that were true. Don't you? Because if it was, life would be so much easier. But the truth is that you can read the Bible from cover to cover as many times as you want, and you will never find that phrase. In fact, that's the next phrase in our bumper sticker theology series on this podcast, where again, we're discussing the things that we hear in the religious world that sound good, but they simply aren't true. And this phrase certainly qualifies. And again, when people make this statement, they're not trying to cause harm. They're not being deceptive. They have pure intentions. They're wanting to do more good than bad Because when you're on the losing end and when it feels like your life is falling apart, the last thing you want to hear in that moment is that God is against you or that that God won't give you bigger burdens than you can possibly carry. But the truth is, is that many things happen in life on God's watch that are more than we can handle. And so as we continue this series, we're going to look at the danger of that statement for just a few moments. You know, here's the first thing that's wrong with that statement. God's giving and bad circumstances, they don't usually mesh. God's giving and bad circumstances don't usually mesh. If you remember, James, the brother of Jesus, wrote in James chapter 1, verse 17, that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. Every good gift is from God, which means, directly speaking, that God doesn't give you cancer. God doesn't lay you off from a job. God does not give you a heart attack. God does not give you an affair in your family. These things happen because we live in mortal bodies that weren't designed to last forever and because we live in a broken world that is full of sin. So when someone begins to tackle a tragedy by saying, God doesn't give you more than you can handle, they're already making a false statement because God only gives good things. Now, it can get a little bit sticky because even though God may not be giving these things directly to you or to your life or in the life of a loved one, God does allow some things to take place. He doesn't stop bad things from coming into your life. He doesn't necessarily shield you from suffering or difficult times. When Job endured everything that he endured, the loss of home and family and health and friends, 
and money and understanding, it all happened because God gave Satan the permission to do it first. In Job chapter 1, verse 12, God didn't do it. Satan did it. Satan did it. But God allowed Satan to do it. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 discussed his thorn in the flesh where God told him three times, I'm not taking it away. My grace is sufficient for you. But Paul was also very careful to clarify in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, that the thorn was a messenger from Satan. It was not from God. It was from Satan. God said, no, I'm not going to remove it from your life. But God did not give it to Paul. Satan did. Even Jesus told Peter in Luke chapter 22, verses 31 through 32, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fall. Satan had to ask for for permission because God doesn't sift people like wheat. Only Satan does. But again, God allowed Satan to do the sifting. So, bad things happen because of evil. Bad things happen because of a broken world. Don't ever tell someone, God won't give you more than you can handle, because that's not how God gives. God only gives good things. And secondly, this isn't going to come as a surprise to you. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but life is more than we can handle. If it wasn't, we wouldn't need Jesus. But that's why Jesus tells us in John 15, 5, that apart from me, you can do nothing. You know why? Because life is more than you can handle. If life wasn't more than we could handle, we wouldn't need the church. But that's why the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 10, 24, that one of the reasons we assemble is to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Because, once again, life is more than we can handle. So we immediately see why the statement, God won't give you more than you can handle, is false. People commit suicide. They lose their jobs. They lose their families because sometimes life can be just too much to deal with. In fact, the only way that we can truly survive this life is through the power of Christ. Now, in reality, when people make the statement, God won't give you more than you can handle, what I think they're actually trying to say is what Paul wrote to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. When Paul said, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. You see, the correct statement is God won't allow you to be tempted by more than you can handle. Now, there is a difference between a trial and a temptation. A trial is something that God might even use in your life to strengthen your faith. That's why James would write in James 1, 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. A trial isn't evil. A trial is just hard. 
and God uses trials for His glory. A temptation, on the other hand, a temptation is what Satan uses to destroy your faith. And that's why James would write 11 verses later, James chapter 1, verse 13, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Jesus went out in the desert and was tempted by Satan, not by his father, but by the father of lies, Satan, the accuser, the adversary. You see, God wants to make Christians. Satan wants to break Christians. (laughs) And there's a big difference between those two things. That's why we should take so much hope in Paul's statement that no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Which means whatever temptation comes into your life, someone else has experienced it before. Now, it's not about temptation, but I love the story about a cardiologist one night woke up in the middle of the night and his his toilets, they were all backed up. And so he had to call a plumber to come out there and fix it because he didn't have a clue how to do it. And of course, it was after hours. The plumber came out to the house and he was only there about 45 minutes and fixed the problem and gave the bill to the cardiologist, said that'll be $800. And the cardiologist said, $800? You weren't even here for an hour and you're charging me $800? I'm a cardiologist and I don't make that kind of money. And the plumber smiled and said, well, when I was a cardiologist, I didn't make that much money either. (laughs) That's why I became a plumber. You aren't alone in some distant world of temptation. People in your church family have experienced what you might be experiencing right now. In fact, it might be some people that you would never even guess. That's why church must be a place where we can talk about these things and gain strength from each other. And the best news of all is that when we are tempted, God in his mercy and in his love, he always provides for us a way out. That's why we won't be tempted beyond what we can bear, because Paul reminds us we always have an escape. There's not a single sin in the world that cannot be conquered through Christ. Did you hear that? There is not a single sin in this world that cannot be conquered through Christ. For through him and by him and in him, we can do all things. So back to that original bumper sticker. If God doesn't give us more than we can handle, what can we know? Well, we can know, first of all, that God is faithful. According to what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, God is the gatekeeper for temptation. He controls how much Satan can tempt us. Paul says he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Yeah, God allows temptation, but God also controls temptation. Doesn't it make you feel good to know that the great I am, the creator and the sustainer of the universe, has the power to tell Satan, leave him alone? That's enough. Move on to somebody else. Your time with him is done. 
I love what the writer of Hebrews promised in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18. Because Jesus suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted right now. That's why God can say, leave them alone. Because God's been there. And not only does God control the temptation, but he, he provides us the way out. He provides the escape. And there are so many different avenues of escape at our disposal. Maybe it's Scripture. You know, when Jesus was tempted, that was his escape with Scripture. He replied, it is written. And that's a great method for us as well. If you struggle with alcohol, why don't you just pick up the Bible and read through the book of Proverbs about how dangerous wine and alcohol can be. That could help with your temptation of drinking. If you have a lot of alone time at the house and you find yourself getting in front of the computer or getting on the internet and seeing things you shouldn't see or buying programs on TV that you should not watch, pick up the Bible. Read passages like Ephesians 5.3 when Paul says that among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity because these are improper for God's holy people. Maybe your avenue of escape is prayer. It's really hard to commit a sin when you're approaching the throne of God. I mean, it really is. <laughs> you'll either stop doing one or the other. You'll stop sinning or you'll stop praying, but you can't really sin while you pray. They cannot coexist. In fact, I've learned in church leadership that whenever you're about to have a difficult meeting that you know there's going to be a lot of conflict, if you will begin that meeting by saying, hey, can we pray about this first? Not just a general prayer, but specifically that God would help us to keep cool heads and listen to each other's perspectives and perceptions. Those meetings always go much, much smoother. It's a lot harder to get angry at someone after you've just prayed to God that God would help you not to do that. Keeping your mind focused on the Lord is always a great avenue of escape. Maybe your avenue of escape is to sing, like Paul and Silas in Acts 16 who were singing hymns in prison. Try to sing the song, Sing and Be Happy with the Frown on Your Face. You just can't do it. Maybe your avenue of escape is a good and trusted friend, someone who will hold you accountable, someone that you can always trust, who will come to your aid in a moment of weakness. You see, God always provides an escape. God always provides a way out because God is faithful. And secondly, since God is faithful, we can be resilient. We can know that whatever comes our way, we will survive because we have God on our side. I may not know you personally, and I may not know where you attend church, but if you attend a church that has ever told you God won't give you more than you can handle, I'd encourage you to find a different church. We would love for you to be here at the Preston Crest Church Christ in Dallas. But if you're not in Dallas, and if that's the teaching you hear every week, you need to find a different church home, because it is not a biblical statement. But God is faithful. 
God will not let you be tempted by more than you can bear. And when you are tempted, there will always be an escape. And here at the Preston Crest Church of Christ, we want to help be that escape in your life. If I can ever be a listening ear, if I can ever help you in any way, please email me at jacob at pressingcrest.org. You cannot fight the battle of life alone. You need someone to be there with you. Because life is more than you can handle. But with Jesus and with his church, you can face anything. I hope you have a great day. As always, I encourage you to keep your eyes on heaven. And I look forward to talking with you next time.